House Bill 931. The bill authorizes each school district or charter school to adopt a policy to allow volunteer school chaplains to provide support services uh, and programs to students as assigned by the district. Uh, this bill will also require uh, each volunteer school chaplain to meet statutory background screening requirements and each school district or and charter school governing board will have until January 1st, 2025 to vote whether to adopt a policy. So that is a representative Stan McLean explaining the bill HB 931 about, you know, allowing school chaplains, a volunteer program that the school district can opt into or opt out of, that parents then opt in or not for their own children for particular chaplains. And so you would think, hey, Getting access to a spiritual counselor in the school seems like a fine thing, if only for the people who want it and only in the school districts that want it. Oh, no, no. Listen to the opposition. This is Reverend Dr. Joe Paramore from the Council of Florida Churches. This is, just hold on, this is going to be, you'll see. Over the past several years, we have seen this legislative body seek to engage in a term called grooming. The what now? And when we look at that term grooming as defined by Marion Webster, it says when someone builds a relationship, trust, and emotional connection with a child or young person so they can manipulate, exploit, and abuse them. So he's saying that the legislature is grooming kids. Say more. We believe the intent of HB 31, while not specifically mentioned, is to allow grooming and manipulation into Christian nationalism. What? And therefore, we strenuously encourage you to vote no on this legislation. Okay, so if you think that volunteer pastors should be able to go, or chaplains should be able to go into the school and talk to the kids whose parents have opted in for the program— well, you only like that because you believe in Christian nationalism. Okay. Reverend James Golden. I use Reverend with both of these men in what I can only describe as radio air quotes. Just because you put lipstick on a pig doesn't stop it from being a pig. And all we're trying to do is to insinuate upon the state of Florida the additional menace of Christian nationalism. You know it. And I know it. There's nothing less at stake here than that. I personally don't know it, <laughs> but okay. Reverend, again, Rachel Gunter Shepherd. I oppose this bill for many reasons uh, because in this bill, the requirement uh, for volunteer chaplains seems to just be a background check. There is no educational requirement, no support or accreditation by a religious body saying this person, uh, we know this person, they should be representing us uh, in any setting. There's no proper training on how to serve as a chaplain in a multi-faith setting, which is all of our public schools. And yet the irony is that the more you enforce a set of requirements upon the people who are approved to become chaplains, the more you put the school district and the schools on the hook for giving their imprimatur of officiality or endorsement of that person. And so it's precisely because there are not preconditions on these chaplains that the school district can make the argument that they're being neutral in the providing of volunteer chaplains for parents who opt in. So they're upset because the wrong people might get in there, the people who don't have our training 
who have learned to see things our way, the sort of, you know, liberal, seminary-educated populace. That, and this is a long-standing fight within the Christian church, by the way. Um, there's the, you know, the academics versus the anti-intellectuals, okay? The anti-intellectuals, um, you know, and, and I'm not really a part of either group, but I'm probably aligned a little bit better with the anti-intellectuals. I want people to learn the scriptures, and I want them to, you know, have good information, but I'm not at all of the belief that the seminaries are always the way to accomplish that. And, you know, what the sort of the non-these folks will typically say is, well, which seminary did, you know, Jesus go to? (laughs) Right? And, you know, I mean, some did. Okay, some had training. But, you know, there's been a lot of pastors over the years and chaplains over the years who have not had this great training, and they still do okay. So this notion of wanting to control and shape, and by their own admission, there's nobody doing this because the state's preempted it. It's banned. Chaplains are banned right now. So this would undo the ban. Again, from the people who seem to be saying in other contexts that, you know, banning books is bad, banning adult books is bad, but banning chaplains is good? So adult books are good and chaplains are bad? Like, it's a weird place to be in. So the uh, representatives, for their part, had their say. I'll tell you about that in just a second. Jake's got traffic on the fives first. All right, we're going to have some slow-moving traffic this morning on Burgess Road, getting by West Florida High School. That's due to utility crews doing work on the scene there. Uh, That'll be down to one lane this morning, so just use caution there. Uh, Near the corner of Spring Street and Cervantes, we have a road blockage from a disabled vehicle. And uh, tractor-trailer tire blowout spread over about a mile stretch of I-10 East. That's going to be between uh, Avalon Boulevard and Milton exits on I-10 East. So just watch out for that. And other than that, around town, we're looking pretty good. Highway 98 is flowing smoothly and Highway 29 south through Cantonment. No accidents reported. And if you're coming out of Milton this morning westbound uh, on Highway 90 through Pace, uh, don't see any problems there as well. If you see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line. That's 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. So back to the conversation about HB 931 school chaplains. You had Mike Redondo. I encourage everyone to actually read the bill. Representative Mike Redondo, by the way. And if you do so, you'll see that not only do school districts have the option to enact these policies, but a requirement as part of those policies is that the parent must first consent to their child seeing any of these chaplains. So this notion that we are somehow going to usurp parents' rights or um, have things happening to children that their parents don't know about is simply untrue. And so um, I just really think that a lot of what we heard today is not actually based on the bill, but based on just some red herrings I'll put out there. Exactly. And in another committee hearing, Representative Randy Fine basically said, so you've got me kind of scared, you know. How are my Jewish children going to be able to survive this onslaught of brainwashing from the Christian chaplains? Oh, but so I have the option to opt out, right? <laughs> exactly. Now, Kim Daniels, who is uh, she was one of my favorite Democrats, honestly. She's a black, liberal, Democrat pastor of the gospel <laughs> who often votes on, you know, my side of things, even though she's a Democrat. And she says, I am Representative Daniels, but I'm also Reverend Kimberly Daniels. Um, and I am the representative who sponsored the bill to put prayer back in school. So I guess everybody already know where I stand. I have associate's degree in biblical studies, a master's in Christian education, doctorate in counseling. I preached in 40 countries. And I'm a best-selling author of 23 Christian books. 
So she does have some experience, maybe not the kind of academic seminary experience that the liberals speaking against this bill would have her have. I'm the only one in the house that didn't go to church. I was an absolute heathen. I didn't choose God. He chose me. And when I was getting ready to go smoke some more dope, I go hang out on a corner or do whatever. No one proselytized me. God himself touched me on my shoulder and said, hey, girl, all that dirt you're doing for the other side, I want you to come and work for me. So I'm passionate about this. So she says, maybe if somebody had talked to me or I had the ability to talk to somebody, right? This is a not a good bill. This is the best bill I've heard, not all day, but since we've been in session. Thank you for, for having the courage to do this bill. We got all different opinions in here. But I think we are doing the right thing, and almost all of what I heard in here has nothing to do with this bill, and I'm up on this absolutely great bill. Representative Danny Alvarez. Representative Alvarez, you're recognized. I was waiting to the end so I could cool down a little bit, because I didn't know you were such a strong Christian nationalist up there trying to push some sort of racist, religious, Zionist, whatever the heckist you are. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I'm just sorry they didn't have the courage to tell you to your face, so I'll tell you to your face. I apologize for those comments. Yeah, this is he's uh, apologizing to the sponsor of the bill, Representative Stan McClain, for these outrageous comments that the critics made. After I read this and I hear some of the opposition, I'm like, man, this is a horrific bill. This bill must be establishing a Christian religion in our schools. This bill must be putting baby Jesus and all versions of him in front of the schoolhouse so that we can make sure we sign the cross before we walk into our public school. But upon a plain reading, I recognize that it does none of that. And shame on anyone who tried to tell me different. Exactly. The loudness and the ridiculousness of the objections kind of proves the point about this. What this bill actually does is create a system for schools to choose. And funny how yesterday we were being told parents need the choice. It's all about parental choice, except when it comes to your God, apparently. And that's where you start to see like, okay, you know, why would you be so in favor of parental choice on like social media, which is what he was talking about, and giving kids access to things that we know harm them, on social media, both the platform and the content. you got to keep those separate because they both matter. Uh, and yet when it comes to school choice or parental choice to opt into what the schools allow them to do with voluntary chaplains in the schools, oh, no, 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 we can't have that. Make sure you protect those books, though. You know, books are just people at a distance, right? Make sure you protect those adult books. That's important. But chaplains, oh, hell no, can't have that. That's Christian nationalism. Good Lord. <laughs> Just, I mean, it's amazing to listen to. But, And again, you had a 12 to 2 vote. Benjamin and Gantt voting against as Democrats. Casello, Joe Casello is no conservative. And uh, and uh, Davis voted for it, of course, Kim Davis. So uh, Democrats split on this. It's a bipartisan bill and it's advancing and in the Senate, too. So I would expect this to become law. Uh, the exact flavor of the thing when it gets all done is yet to be determined. But uh, this school chaplain bill is... Um, is going to be law. Then the question is, will a scam be? Will Santa Rosa? Who will opt in? Uh, because you're going to have to take a vote on that within a year. 721 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you're thinking about that next vehicle, Frontier Motors is a great place to go shopping for. A great place to start because they've got so many different cars, trucks, vans, sports cars, Jeeps, trucks, all in one place, about 300. And you can compare them side by side. I mean, they, they actually park them by group. 
you know, so all the minivans are over here and all the trucks are over there. And what you can do is you can touch them, sit in them, drive several if you want to drive several, and then really decide side by side what you like the best because you're going to live with this car for a while. And if they don't have the exact one you want, they can go find it for you. But a lot of times you'll find that they – in fact, we went there originally because – they were the only place where we could even find the kind of car we wanted to buy to test drive because we just wanted to be sure. We test drove it, great price. Okay, fine, we'll just buy it, you know, fine. But they are a great place to start that process. Frontier Motors, serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years behind the Big Buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. Here's today's Strength for Life with your host, Pastor James C. Johnson. No person needs to pursue pride. Carnal pride is the natural resting place of a person's heart. In contrast, 1 Peter 5, 6 calls people to humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Notice that the task to pursue humility is given to us. It says, humble yourselves. So what's your plan to humble yourself? I suggest that that plan should begin with the phrase, under the mighty hand of God. What good thing do you have that you didn't receive from God's mighty hand? The answer is nothing. Humility begins with the realization that every positive thing I am and every good thing that I have is all because of God's lavish grace through the provision of his mighty hand. Pursuing humility starts with praising God. Be sure to take time to humbly adore Jesus for his grace in your life. That was James C. Johnson. He serves as the pastor of North Stone Baptist Church in Pensacola, Florida. For more Strength for Life, please visit our website, strengthforlife.church. Join Stephen Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College for Boat Smart on the Pensacola Expert Panel this Friday at 10 a.m. Key Marine sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. Have a boating question for Stephen? Then give us a call at 437-1620. It's a dream team, so join them this Friday at 10 a.m. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Valerie's House, a special place that helps children and families work through the loss of a loved one together. The mission of Valerie's House is to ensure no child will have to grieve alone. This year's class of Leadership Pensacola has adopted Valerie's House for a special project to enhance the home's grounds to make it more accommodating for kids and families. Please consider helping with a donation. Find out more at catcountry987.com. It's a place for families when they've lost somebody so that they know that they are loved and they're not alone. Thank you from Valerie's House and the Leadership Pensacola class of 2024. It's News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, AM 1620, the website, the app, or your smart device. It's news on your terms. You're a bad man. You're a bad man. You're a bad man. Bad man. So I don't mean to be Charlie Brown in the football or be Lucy with the football or nothing, but, you know, people who are trying to follow this uh, splashdown of the SpaceX flight, um, it's just just be cautious about how excited you get about when this is going to happen because I genuinely I just saw a post on Facebook from a fairly well-known, I won't call him out on it, but a fairly well-known Facebook page that said the splashdown was going to be at 9.05 Eastern time today, Wednesday, February 7th. Because a post they shared had that information. But then I went to look on the SpaceX site, <laughs> and it says the following. SpaceX, Axiom Space, and NASA are targeting no earlier than Wednesday, February 7th at 9.20 a.m. Eastern for Dragon and the AX-3 astronauts to depart from the ISS. 
After performing a series of burns to move away from the space station, Dragon will conduct multiple orbit-lowering maneuvers, jettison its trunk, and re-enter Earth's atmosphere for splashdown off the coast of Florida approximately 47 and a half hours later on Friday, February 9th. So, we're going to have a good, you know, like, it's going to leave the ISS, and then we'll really know when it's likely to happen two days later. So, if it leaves ISS this morning in about an hour, then we'll really know when you're likely to hear a sonic boom and when the splashdown, if it happens, is in our air is likely to happen. Until then, I wouldn't get too worked up about this because they may delay again for weather, right? Okay, that is coming up pretty soon. But anyway, the current prediction is to leave at 820 this morning and then to splash down in two days after that. And then again, if you hear a big loud noise... <laughs> They caught us all off guard. 727 News Radio 92.3. Jake's got traffic for us. Jake? This traffic report is brought to you by Knox Pest Control. I-110 South between Airport Boulevard and Brent Lane. Super, super slow. Very backed up. Uh, right now, we have an accident causing major slowdown. It's actually starting to spread north of Creighton Road at this moment, so very, very slow. If you can avoid going down I-110 South and you can take any of the side streets there, uh, you might want to do that. It's it's going to be a minute before that's cleared up. We also have uh, very slow traffic getting by Beulah Elementary School on Mobile Highway. Very congested in both directions, uh, more than we normally see this time of morning. And uh, we're going to have some slow traffic getting by West Florida High School on Burgess Road due to utility work. Crews have that down to one lane today. And we still have tractor-trailer tire debris from a blowout spread out over about a mile stretch of I-10 East. That's going to be uh, between Avalon Boulevard and the Milton exits. If you see anything out there uh, slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. Traffic report brought to you by Knox Pest Control. Their family serving your family since 1929. For information on a free pest or termite quote, visit at knoxpest.com. Knox knocks them out. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. If you've got an import, a BMW, a Porsche, Mercedes, Genesis, Audi, Jaguar, a Lexus, you might think, I have to take that car for service to the dealership where I bought it. Because, you know, they're the only ones who know how to work on that car. Not true. Uh, Bobby Likas Auto Service, they work on these cars all the time. No problem. And you save, typically, right, the cost of the repair plus the time and travel and the gas and all that of getting there if it's a place that's a ways away. And, you know, not everyone is, but a lot of them are. You can take it to Bobby Likas Auto Service, no problem. They work on, on domestics as well. They work on gas engines and diesel. Again, something you might think is a little bit of a specialty item, so you got to take that truck into the dealership. You don't. Bobby Likas, they work on those too. They want to do preventative maintenance so that you don't have to see them for the big thing. Just see them routinely for the small stuff. Carcliniceservice.com on the web or just stop by on Davis Highway. Steve is in the newsroom for David Wayne this morning with our headline. Steve? Well, Secretary of State Antony Blinken's in Israel today to discuss a possible temporary ceasefire in Gaza to release hostages. The proposal was hammered out in Paris last week in a meeting between Israel, the U.S., Egypt, and Qatar that calls for an extended pause in the war between Israel and the Palestinian militant group Hamas. Nevada Republicans rejected Nikki Haley as she lost the Nevada Republican presidential primary yesterday, even though frontrunner Donald Trump was not on the ballot. So instead, GOP voters chose the option, none of those candidates over Haley. Uh, and also, I have a story about uh, uh, spray-painting squirrels, but uh, due to the time factor, it's a little long. You can't do that. No, tell me the no, story. No, I'll tease on, it for, for about half an hour from no, right now. No, you got to tell it now. Oh. Nobody will be here in a half hour. Okay. Uh, New York environmental officials are out with a warning. Never they thought they would issue, they say, basically, residents should not paint squirrels. This is after a Putnam County man was arrested for trapping and spray-painting squirrels last month. The guy's name is Mark Coon, and he admitted to illegally trapping the 
animals on the property that he lives on, spraying them with red paint and primer, and then releasing them at another location. I mean, I'm horrified, but in the middle of all that, the guy who's been capturing and spray painting squirrels, his last name is Coon? Yes. <laughs> I thought the same clearly, 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 we know he's got a certain kind of bigotry working there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Steve, thanks so much. Coming up next, uh, local news with Steve after Fox, and we'll be back with the mayor in just a minute. Fox News, I'm Chris Foster. House Republicans plan another vote at some point on impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of border security after coming up just short. Utah Congressman Blake Moore was one of four Republicans to vote against the impeachment, but he cast his vote with a purpose. A last-minute switch to no actually allows him to demand a re-vote at a later date, meaning Republicans still have a chance to impeach the secretary once they have just one more vote, like when Majority Whip Steve Scalise returns from his cancer treatments. Fox's Brooks Singman, at least 475 landslides are reported in Los Angeles caused by rain that's been falling since Sunday. Dozens of homes are damaged. California still dealing with heavy rain and mountain snow today after record-shattering totals. The risk for flooding, mudslides, debris flows, and avalanche danger continues. Things will taper off by Friday. Fox meteorologist Janice Dean. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 731, 45 degrees right now and sunny. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. The union that represents Escambia County EMS workers is calling out the leadership in a vote of no confidence. On Monday, the IAEP Local 325 sent a letter to the Escambia County leaders issuing a vote of no confidence in EMS Chief David Torcell and Deputy Chief Christopher Stevens. We have broad oversight. We hired an administrator and he hires the staff and they do the day-to-day operation. You know, we set the policy. Of course, we, you know, authorize the salaries. So, you know, I personally, I don't get in the weeds. And I, I know that my counterparts don't either. You know, we've got to let the staff that we've hired do their job. But if there's valid concerns, I don't care if it's one out of 128. We're going to look into it. District 2 Commissioner Jeff Bragosh talked with Channel 3. Well, according to the letter sent to the commissioners, the vote was made with 99% approval and comes after years of unsuccessful attempts to resolve the culture of harassment, tyranny, and lack of health and safety for both the Escambia County community and EMS providers. A destined man was arrested after a stolen vehicle chase across multiple counties ended in Okaloosa County on Monday afternoon. 33-year-old Andrew Matjak of Destin is charged with fleeing and eluding, throwing a deadly missile object that struck a, a, a police vehicle, also charged for reckless driving and resist, resisting arrest. He also faces charges out of Santa Rosa County for carjacking, aggravated assault, stolen vehicle, reckless driving, fleeing, and eluding, and also resisting arrest. Florida Highway Patrol says Santa Rosa County deputies were in pursuit of a stolen carjacked Dodge Ram that was traveling northbound on State Road 87 about 4.20 in the afternoon. Santa Rosa County deputies attempted to utilize spike strips to stop that stolen vehicle, but Maytac swerved toward a deputy nearly running him over to evade the trap. Florida Highway Patrol eventually stopped the vehicle using a pit maneuver near mile marker 48 and I-10 after a prolonged chase that even proceeded into oncoming traffic. Matt Jack entered, uh, exited the vehicle and allegedly tried to flee on foot. A Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office canine was deployed and Matt Jack was eventually surrendered and booked into the Okaloosa County Jail and held on no bond. Project Pickle is getting closer to reality. Warehouse 4 Sports says the first phase of construction on the port of Pensacola is slated to start soon. The contractor's been approved to start fencing and civil site work and uh, just last couple things, evacuation plan and all that for the outdoors. Uh, we expect the final permit to be issued in the next seven to ten days. 
Um, and I think the contractor's targeting the end of March, early April for phase one. Mayor D.C. Reeves says the first phase will include eight outdoor pickleball courts, along with restroom and concession facilities. Once construction begins, the outdoor portion should be completed in three to four months. Let's check our forecast from Channel 3. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. It is going to be a beautiful, nice, sunny day today. Temperatures near 62 degrees for your high. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 49. For Thursday, a few more clouds build in with a high near 65. Thursday night, temperatures dropping near 56. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thanks, Brooke. Right now, let's check in with Jake Walker for Traffic on the Fives. Okay, uh, well, we have a lot of things to report this morning. Road construction going on Spanish Trail at Braxton Circle. Uh, the road is reduced to one lane there while electrical crews work on a utility pole in that area. Also, I-110 uh, south between Airport Boulevard and Brent Lane. We had an accident uh, kind of close to Brent Lane there. Uh, that accident is causing major slowdown and actually spreading north of Creighton Road at this moment. Uh, Bowville Highway through Beulah getting by Beulah Elementary School. Very congested in both directions from the school zone there, more than we usually see this time of morning. Uh, we're going to have some slow traffic getting by West Florida High School on Burgess Road due to utility work there. It's down to one lane as well. And uh, tractor-trailer tire blowout spread out over a mile stretch of I-10 East. That's going to be east of the Avalon Boulevard exit between uh, Avalon Boulevard and the Milton exits. So just use caution getting through there. There's no truck on the scene, just lots of tire debris in the roadway. If you see anything out there slowing you down, call us or text us on our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks, Jake. Right now, 46 in Pensacola, 48 in Gulf Breeze, and 41 in Milton at 735. The next news is at 8. Breaking news anytime. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. I'm Nicole Murray with Your Money Now. Applebee's pissed off customers after its date night passes sold out in seconds last month. The restaurant chain confirmed it will be adding 11 more that will be available for purchase via random drawing. The $200 deal, which started February 1st, gives cardholders 52 date nights with up to $30 worth of food and non-alcoholic beverages during each use for dine-in or to-go. Head to Applebee's date night pass entry website before February 9th to register for the drawing. Yum! Brands has reported quarterly earnings and revenue that missed analysts' expectations. The food giant pulled in just over $2 billion in revenue, below the $2.1 expected. KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut all reported weaker-than-expected same-store sales. And still, CEO David Gibbs says Yum!'s footprint will surpass 60,000 locations in 2024. Futures are slightly higher. Tuesday, the Dow Industrials were up 141. That's your money now. The Port of Pensacola is more than just a name. It's a powerhouse of economic opportunities, a strategic location that sparks growth and prosperity, contributing significantly to the local and regional economy with 23 incredible businesses that call this port home. Big names like C-Max Materials, GE Wind Energy, and soon the prestigious American Magic Sailing Team. Since 1754, the Port of Pensacola has been the driving force behind Northwest Florida's economic success. Explore more at portofpensacola.com. Pep Talk? What's Pep Talk? It's the Pensacola Expert Panel. Experts? Experts in real estate? Yes, that's us, Angela. We are the Pep Talk for real estate. What will we talk about, Will? We'll talk about the real estate industry. 
Well, we don't just want to answer our own questions. We want to answer the listeners' questions. Tune in tomorrow at 1030 and we'll talk about real estate. And whatever real estate questions you have. The Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Text or call with your questions. 850-437-1620. News Radio Pensacola. Your home for informative, local, and dependable news and talk. Start your mornings off with the award-winning Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. Followed by the Pensacola Expert Panel with Jake. Then get informed and laugh from 11 till 2 with Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Followed by the Guy Benson Show. Your afternoon drive is anchored by Pensacola Right Now with Joe and Austin. Followed by Dave Ramsey. It's News Radio Pensacola. Heard on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. Obviously, I love my dad. I, I um, I've learned a lot from him uh, over 40 years of time that have helped that that come that has helped me in this job uh, be more prepared for this job. Um, he's been a uh, he's done amazing things, transformational things in this uh, city. My expectation is that the governor is ex- will be looking for an appointment of someone who plans on running again. I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't think that's something that. Uh, that Jim plans on doing. Uh, so that was an interesting comment yesterday from Mayor D.C. Reeves about his dad, of course, who he loves and has learned a lot from, but at the ages of 85 and 40, respectively, uh, he says, I just don't see him running for election, and since the uh, governor is likely to appoint somebody into that seat that's going to want to run for re-election, it seems like his dad is not going to be the person for it. Joining us now, we have the mayor and the son, uh, D.C. Reeves from the city of Pensacola. Mayor Reeves, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Thank you very much. Good morning, Andrew. Oh, good morning. And by the way, it was really sweet to hear your comments about your dad. I always love to hear it when people say nice things about their dads because I'm hoping one day, <laughs> you know, I'm hoping one day uh, some other kids related to me might say the same kind of stuff. Um, so are you taking a position? Are you endorsing anybody for this race? Or do you have a preference? And I mean, I know you're going to respect the decision of the governor, whoever he picks. But yeah, um, look, I'd start with, I mean, I mean, when I say this, I mean, and, and no one can understand it probably uh, as well as I do around here locally is that, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of effort and, you know, you're really putting yourself out there uh, to run uh, for public office or to, or to be appointed for public Absolutely. office. Absolutely. Um, it is not, uh, I mean, there is a lot of challenges uh, to it. Uh, it's a thankless job and a lonely job uh, a lot of times. And um, so, you know, I, I, that's why, you know, I have respect for anyone, whether I agree with them or disagree with them or what party they are, just, to put their name in the hat, right? So, um, you know, uh, my, my personal feeling, obviously, uh, I know Jared Moore very, very well. Um, I have a lot of respect for Jared. And and look, if you're Governor DeSantis, and to elaborate on the, the soundbite there, if you're Governor DeSantis and you get to make an appointment, it, it makes logical sense that you're going to want to make an appointment of which that person will continue to be in that position, right? Um, and not just do it for a, a short period of time. So, and, and because remember, whoever gets this appointment, they're turning right around and they're running an election in November, and they'll have to run another election in two years, right? Um, to get back on, on on schedule, so for that seat. So, um, you know, I, I I have a ton of respect for Jared Moore. I, I think he, you know he's been council president. Um, he is he's won two elections in that district, and um, you know, if we're talking about appointment, which is on merits, you know, I, I certainly think that Jared, uh, you know, has my support and and um, 
you know, I, I have such respect for the job he does on council. And while if he would get the appointment, I, I would hate to see him leave council. I think uh, he could continue to do great things for the city. But but everybody involved, everyone whose names in uh, are, are, are people I respect because this is not an easy thing to do. So, right. um, you know, that's that's kind of where we're at. Now. And, and I, I I understand. I, I see the analysis the same way. I mean, I think Jared is a proven quality and, you know, I think he'd be a great commissioner. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not endorsing anybody. I'm, you know, I'm good, good friends with Walker too. And, uh, you know, certainly capable, but it's just that Jared's got, as you say, elections under his belt and public service that he can point to. Uh, Walker's got public service, but not in the elected capacity. And then, you know, Buck, I know him fairly well and, you know, good guy, but no public service of the sort that we would look at. And that doesn't mean he's not good. Just, and he's already running for election for the seat. Um, and then a couple of other candidates. I forget the lady's name who's put in for D4. But so, you know, we'll see. But I, your analysis, I basically agree with in terms of the appointment going. Um, well, and, turning- and let, me, let, me make this, let me make this point, too, Andrew. You know, I think, understand, we're, we're talking about two different things. One's an appointment, one's an election. Right, now, right. You know, for example, I, I didn't have any previous uh, experience before I started as mayor uh, politically. Right. But and look at what a I disaster an that's so been. We're talking about two different things. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, you win, you win an election, you know, the citizens have spoken. But I think when you're talking about an appointment, well, what you really have to point to is is experience and the merits. That's and then, right. then you let an election play out and let the chips fall where they bet. I, I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, let's talk about the pickleball courts for a second because. Uh, I am suspicious that, and I think it's a well-placed suspicion, that the vast majority of people have heard this story and don't understand it. Um, I was even asked by a friend yesterday, I said, so is this going to be like, you know, Roger Scott, where you're going to have to pay to play on these pickleball courts? And I'm like, it's not even a public facility. You won't have an entitlement to play there. It will be a restricted access, pay-to-play club membership or something of the sort, right? The city, this is not a city park you're building. That, that's correct. Yes, I've heard in the last 24 hours many versions of what the city is paying for or not paying for. So I, I, I'm happy to clarify. This we leased warehouse four on the port. Um, that that because of where it's it's uh, situated on the fence line allows it to go outside the fence line of security uh, and be be some version of a public private amenity. So all the city's involvement is is we have signed a lease with with this group. They are paying us a lease rate for the warehouse that has not had a lease since 1979, and um, and that uh, we it is now on the property tax rolls for about fifty sixty thousand dollars a year. So um, so that's the only city involvement. What happens from here if they put seven or eight courts uh, outside, or they put ten, or they allow basketball, or they do events, all that? Just think about it. The city has leased this space to a private entity. So. Uh, there was a lot of confusion out there yesterday about why is the city paying for courts on the port or why is the port paying? No, we merely leased them the facility of which they are building a what they're hoping to build a regional, national size tournament ready uh, pickleball facility, which you're seeing go up in cities all over the country. Um, that this is their venture. So what what are they going to charge? What's the access going to be? That's all going to be determined by the private uh, operator who's paying us rent and, and paying us property tax. And speaking of access to courts, uh, we've got the soft opening happen this week for uh, Roger Scott. So we've got tennis again, right? That's right. Twelve new courts uh, over at Roger Scott. Uh, still putting finishing touches on shade structures and some other things. But uh, since the courts are ready and long awaited, uh, we got people out there playing on them. So we'll do a more official uh, ribbon cutting probably late spring. Uh, but uh, for now, uh, they are open and, and back rolling again. And four million dollar project. Some of that about one point three from the county. 
Uh, so certainly excited to get that uh, back into the public realm. I can't remember the top level of courts by the practice wall. Those did not get replaced, and I haven't been there, obviously, or I'd know. They ha- they did not get replaced, right. and they're being converted to clay. Do I remember this correctly? Uh, I'll I'll have to see if we confirmed that they were converted to clay, but your first inkling is correct. Uh, we, it's the 12 courts that we did, and I think yeah. it's 16 in total over there, but there are four. So I'm not sure if we've made a final decision, but in terms of value engineering, remember, this started at – uh, started with a two on it, and we got to about a four yeah. uh, in terms of millions of dollars. So uh, I know that was one of the VE things was to not mess with those top four courts for a little while and go ahead and get these done. So okay. I'm not sure if there's any finality on that, but uh, but more to come. Very good. We're talking to Mayor D.C. Reeves, City of Pensacola. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Okay, I-10 eastbound at Pine Forest Road. We've got uh, some slow traffic moving there. Also, Spanish Trail at Braxton Circle. The road is going to be reduced to one lane there while electrical crews work on a utility pole in that area. I-110 at Brent Lane. That's our big story this morning. Uh, We had an accident from earlier this morning. It's been cleared out as far as I can tell, but it is causing still major slowdown, actually starting to spread all the way up past I-10 and I-110 this morning. Mobile Highway through Beulah, getting by Beulah Elementary School, very congested, as well as getting by West Florida High School on Burgess Road for utility work. And uh, tire debris spread out across a one-mile stretch of I-10 East. That's going to be between the Avalon Boulevard and Milton Exits, so just use caution there. If you see anything out there, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker, Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Back to Mayor D.C. Reeves. Mayor, sticking in the realm of uh, public amenities and parks and things, um, the Bay Bluffs Park... Moving forward, it sounds like, if I hear you correctly, that what we can envision with the funding from the state and the conservation status and all that is basically we're not going to have the boardwalk anymore. It's going to be converted into more of a a hilly set of trails. Possibly. I I wouldn't say that we wouldn't have any amenity uh, there because, you know, that's still to be determined by budget, by how much funding we do receive all those things. But the the truth is we're going to work hand in hand, three different entities, ourselves, Conservation Florida, and the community are all going to have some say of what would go there in place, depending on what the budget is. So the only reason we haven't worked out exactly where, you know, how many boards are going to go down and what part of Bay Bluffs Park is, we merely don't have the funding to even entertain that at this point. So uh, but I am grateful to Senator Broxson for, for getting that, uh, you know, in there into the conversation and Conservation Florida for working with us on that. And uh, it'll be prote- if if done right, we'll be it'll be protected forever. Um, uh, all all the uh, acreage we have uh, there alongside Conservation Florida and we'll come up with an amenity that brings some value uh, to the city. So um, so it's, it's not a fully baked uh, plan at this point. Uh, there's no design, zero percent design. Uh, but at the end of the day, the the. The point will be if we are able to procure that funding, then we can start to have the conversation about what can and can't be done once we get some cost estimates and things like that. All right. Well, you heard it here first. It's a half-baked plan. Um, <laughs> just much with you, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> but not fully baked. I appreciate that terminology. That's actually a good one. Um, well, one the, of the, oven, th- the oven is the $2.2 million, <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah no, that's most that's definitely. Um, the issue of recycling. You mentioned yesterday that you're putting out, getting ready to put out an RFP and see what comes back from it. Is ECUA one of the vendors that you guys are, have you even talked with them about the possibility of them being willing to do the city recycling, or are you just going to put it out there for whoever responds? Yeah, absolutely. So what we've done is we've had some just general conversations with some third parties, including ECUA, about 
what, what kind of cost? What would that look like? Because my argument was I don't even want to do an RFP if we can't even get someone to feasibly offer this, right? right I mean, sure. Why even go through that process? So we've reached the comfort level with enough conversations to go ahead and do the RFP that, that there could be uh, some potential. And, and as I said, it could be once a week. It could be on the 1st and 15th of the month. We don't know. We're going to see what comes back and what the cost is. Um, ECUA and our conversations, uh, they weren't necessarily entertaining it in the format that we would want to do it, understandably, because, look, one of the biggest limitations of this is equipment and staffing, right? So that's why third parties, larger third parties, make sense in this because they may have a lot more of that than ECUA or certainly what the city has. You know, we don't have a bunch of extra garbage trucks sitting around. And, and when you order one right now, the lag time is about three years on a garbage truck. So, wow. um, you know, it, it, so it's significant capital, significant uh, payroll expense. And so ultimately what we're looking to do is contract out, you know, someone else's equipment, someone else's staff, and then at that subscription fee, be able to, to, to mitigate that sum. And I, that's why I tell everyone, sometimes people have a preconceived notion that I think that this is going to be some profit center for the city. No, I'm, I'm bracing for a subsidy. I'm just wondering how much it's going to be, um, you know, and so, uh, it, we are not looking at this from that we think this is going to be a net zero opportunity for us, uh, but we're certainly willing to subsidize uh, to a certain extent if we can get the service. So, and if you can do it for uh, so cheaper than you're spending now, yeah. the the or were before, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and then we'll also simultaneously, uh, we've gotten so much uh, recyclables, clean recyclables at Scenic Highway now that curbside's done. That's that's way less contaminated than it was when we had curbside. Um, that we're looking to potentially do some uh, you know, one day a week of assisted. Uh, drop-offs like we've been doing at Palafox, which has been great so far. Okay, but looking down in the future, if you're willing to hire out a private contractor to do recycling at a subsidy potentially, because that seems to be the likely outcome, does this mean that you might eventually be looking to outsource sanitation too and stop being that as a city function? I'm not entertaining that at this point because what you're talking about is one is a third-party ancillary service. And think about it, we use a lot of those. We have right. third-party landscaping for some of our parks, you know. Some we do ourselves, some we, we uh, farm out, right? So, uh, But when you talk about the entire service, you know, you, there is a slippery slope when you go to third party for entire service because you, you don't control the quality, you don't control the, sure. the staffing, you don't control the message. You know, those types of things uh, I don't take for granted. And our team does a great job of that, and I would put our reputation up in the city uh, against anyone's in terms of our service and, you know, helping uh, folks, you know, get their – cans of the street and hopping out you know our, our team does go the extra mile and those are the types of things you lose control of certainly when you if you were to outsource the entire thing to a third party so that makes sense I, I, you know i would never say never about anything but but i would tell you that's not something we'd be looking at anytime soon speaking of uh, fleet management facilities management the least desirable job in this county has got to be the guy who's in charge of all of that stuff but you've hired somebody right that's right russell sweat we've started a new department we, we it was uh, facilities and fleet were secondary divisions under larger departments, sanitation and public works. And you know, you, you can't talk to me a week without me talking about trying to fix the things that we have. Right. So we've created a new department. So we have a new department head, Russell Sweat. He comes from many years at United Airlines running facilities there out in Colorado. Um, it's going to do a great, great job for us. And, you know, I, I joked with him, you know, we, we just, you heard me yesterday, we just finalized a list of uh, actually having a single list of everything that we own, every structure we own. That's amazing. Um, which I was kind of surprised that we didn't have. Um, and, and so, you know, I think he had just started. I said, well, you know, we're, you know, welcome. And we're putting together a list for you. So you don't go work <laughs> on buildings that we don't own. Um, you know, uh, so, uh, 
so anyway, I know he's he's going to do an awesome job for us. I'm very excited for that department, and um, and and it'll help us stay on top of the things that we own that we lease out that are that we own, and make sure we're meeting our obligations as well as making sure that people leasing from us are meeting their obligations. But, yeah. So I'm I'm very excited to get that. Going. And I kind of love the idea that the guy who's going to be in charge of all the wrench tuners' name is Sweat. <laughs> that seems yeah, oddly perfect exactly. to me. <laughs> All right, a lightning it's round. Just a couple of quick questions. I actually don't know. Do you do you drink coffee? I, oh yeah, lots. Okay. Are you? What's your preferred way to make it? Keurig, drip, French press, something else? Uh, I iced uh, from store bought iced. A um, little bit of cream, no sugar. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Some people your age and younger do not like talking on the phone. Do you have any issue talking on the phone as opposed to texting? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm that I'm like the oldest millennial there is. Right. So I'm I'm kind of stuck right between uh, those two. I'm I I probably prefer text, uh, but but I'm I'm happy to talk on the phone. And when you go to the store, I assume you still go to the store to buy your own groceries, as people do. Um, do you prefer to check out with a person or the self check? And if you do the self check, do you scan and bag? Scan and bag, or do you scan, scan, scan with the hand scanner and then bag, bag, bag? Okay, uh, yeah, g- great question. Uh, I have an item limit on self-checkout. You know, if you roll up there with like 40 items, it's just too much. You know, I don't know where to put everything. And then I, when I use self-checkout, I go scan bag because I don't want the machine to yell at me and think I'm stealing. You know? So I <laughs> immediately, as quickly as possible, put it into the bag so the weight, is, the thing doesn't, you know, start gotcha. barking at me and call for assistance. All so. I hear you saying is you have a guilty conscience. That's okay. That's good to hear. Uh, DC, <laughs> DC, Reeves, <laughs> DC Reeves, the mayor of Pensacola. No surprise on the phone one, by the way, because you always do great on the phone. Uh, DC Reeves, we'll talk to you again uh, next week. And, of course, city council meeting is tomorrow night. Look forward to all of that. Thank you so much for the time, as always, sir. Absolutely. Thanks, Andrew. 755 News Radio 92.3. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Okay, I-110 is our story this morning. If you have to be on I-110 this morning going south through through Pensacola, if you can find a different way, that, that would really help. Uh, we have slow traffic. Looks like it's starting all the way at Pine Forest on I-10 East, stretching all the way down 110 south to Brent Lane. We had an accident there earlier at Brent Lane uh, near the exit that is just still causing major slowdown, stretching all the way up. Uh, I-10 almost into uh, where, uh, well, I-10 and Pine Forest. Uh, So that's just major headache this morning. Uh, Otherwise, around town here, we've got um, I-10 eastbound at Pine Forest, of course, is going to be slow. Spanish Trail, Braxton Circle, uh, that road is going to be reduced to one lane while electrical crews work on a utility pole. Also, a Mobile Highway through Beulah, getting by Beulah Elementary, a little bit congested in both directions from the school zone. Also, West Florida High School on Burgess Road, uh, utility work has uh, lanes down to one uh, this morning and uh, tire debris spread out over a one mile stretch of I-10 this morning. That's going to be east of the Avalon Boulevard exit between Avalon Boulevard and the Milton exits. If you see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Picture this, a romantic range date at Santa Rosa Shooting Center with the latest and greatest firearms from Jim's Firearms. From tactical accessories to concealed carry purses and classes, Jim's Firearms has everything you need to make this Valentine's Day truly explosive. Purchase any firearm until Valentine's Day at Jim's Firearms and you'll receive a complimentary range day from Santa Rosa Shooting Center. Share the thrill and make memories that'll last a lifetime. Visit Jim's Firearms today, located at the corner of Serena Road and Blue Angel Parkway and online at jimsfirearms.net. 
Hello, this is Mary with Howard Young Flooring. Shopping for flooring can be a little overwhelming. At Howard Young Flooring, we are here to help you any way we can and answer any questions you may have so that you can make knowledgeable decisions. We understand the importance of each and every customer and would like to thank you for allowing us into your homes. For those we have not met, we hope to see you soon. Visit us today at 4333 Avalon Boulevard in Milton. We look forward to covering your future. Join Great Southern Restaurant Group, the home to the Fish House, Atlas Oyster House, Jackson's, Angelina's, and Five Sisters today on the Pensacola Expert Panel at 9. They'll be talking about Valentine's Day, Pensacon, and other fun things you don't want to miss. That's all today at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel with Great Southern Restaurants. The Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Text or call with your questions. 850-437-1620. Start your mornings off informed with all things Pensacola on the Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. I think we've seriously underestimated the beast. Completely out of time. Uh, Steve, do you have one headline you can share with us, sir? Well, people on both sides of the abortion debate are going to be watching what happens in Florida today. The Supreme Court is holding a hearing on whether an abortion referendum should go on the November ballot. Pro-choice supporters signed a petition to add an abortion rights amendment to the state constitution. I I thought that hearing was tomorrow. Are you sure it's today? Well, it's according to the source I have. Okay. All right. I'll check on that, though. I thought it was weird that both the Supreme Court on Trump and also the state Supreme Court on abortion. But okay. Thank you, though. 95.3 and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.